So today the Lord is laying on our hearts the need to emphasize on a topic called the kingdom culture. The kingdom culture. And there is a need for us to have this conversation because it's a reminder of the believer and who they are and where they're from. When you, for example, I am a Nigerian, but I'm not currently in Nigeria, right? So, in Nigeria, it's a way of life. It's the way we do things. It's the way I've been taught to do, th- taught to, 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 to do things. Praise God. It's the way I've been taught to do things. And so, finding oneself in another part of the world, there is a tendency that you start out with your culture, isn't it? What you are used to. And then somewhere along the line, you pick up the culture of the location you are. It's just normal for what it is. So when the believer comes into the faith, there is a culture expected of them. The believer is, is simply restored back to factory setting in God to a place where they can now, with their spirits, interact with the spirit of God seamlessly and flawlessly. Not from a place of slavery and fear, but from a place of sonship. God is daddy. God is father. And so, in the kingdom, we have a culture. And the mistake that a lot of believers make is finding themselves in the world and forgetting their culture. Sometimes, I guess. Maybe not everyone. Maybe not every time. But sometimes. And so, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a territory or a place, a location under the rulership and the influence of a king. Hence the name kingdom. In this case, our king is God, isn't it? Beautiful. So, every kingdom must have a culture. What is a culture? We're taught in elementary school, in high school, that a culture is the total way of life of a people. The total way of life of a people. The modus operandi of a people. How these people operate. It's how it's been ingrained in them. Since the beginning of their lives. Since they knew themselves. This is what they have been exposed to. And now this is what it is. Another thing we know about a culture is. If you're from a very, very cultural background. Every culture has something that separates them from other cultures, right? It could be the appearance, the methodologies, the language, the overall way of life. Right? Every culture has something. So that is how we're able to stand in a place and when you see a person of a certain culture, you can say, oh, I know that person is from this place. Oh, I know this person is from this place. It's almost as though there is this unspoken thing about a culture 
that just lingers around the person. Every culture also has well-established, properly noted-down manual for living. We can date this back to the early years of humanity. Every culture, every location has a place of doing things, has a way of doing things. It's been noted down. So if they set a rule, there's a, there's, they can tell you, you see, it, it, is, it is in this culture that you can't do this. You can't do that. Isn't it? Every culture has a well-established, noted-down manual for living within the jurisdiction of the kingdom from which it originates. So if you're going to go to a place with a different culture, they have a written-down manual for how to survive in that place how to best fit in that place. And so for the believer, your manual is the word of God, is the Bible. It is the measuring system that tells you when you are within or falling out of line as far as the kingdom goes. So, in order to understand our kingdom, we must continually remind ourselves of what is written in the Bible. Isn't it? You can't claim to have a culture and your culture has a manual and you are very far from it. So for the believer here, the manual is the Bible. It is what tells us. We know. We can see ourselves. It, it, it defines us. It tells us who we are. And it tells us how to operate as who we really are. So in order to understand our kingdom, we must continually remind ourselves of what is written in the word. Every culture has their belief system. And so, that being said, I would like to take us back to Genesis chapter 1. And I'll be reading 26 to 27. It says, and God said, let, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over all the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over the cattle. And over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So now we have seen that man was created in the image and the likeness of God. When he says greater in the image and the likeness of God, I know when we're, when we're childhood, please allow me to digress. Let me share this story real quick. When we were kids in childhood, we had, you know, those Sunday school children something might happen and then one child insults the other child, your head is big or something like that. And then that one now says, oh, the Bible says we are made in the image of God. And so if you say my head is big, that means God's head is big. Ah, well, let me bust the bubble of that kid. The kid is probably an adult somewhere, married now. But let me bust your bubble anyway. When he said you created after the image of and after the likeness of God, it wasn't talking about your physical appearance because then that would mean that every Christian looks like God physically, which means we ought to look like each other. <laughs> Isn't it? So it couldn't have been physical attributes. The image of God, it was, was, anyway, we'll get there. So basically, since man was created in the image and the likeness of God, it means that man must have been put in a location that can carry the realities of God. Hence, the Garden of Eden. Isn't it? It means that man was put in a place that can mirror the realities of heaven. 
So, hence, the Garden of Eden, isn't it? So, basically, the earth originally should be an extension of the heavens. Did you know that? When you see what happened in Eden, the kind of relationship that man had with God, you would know that the original intention of, of God for man was not to create man and push man away from himself. It was actually to create man and place him in a location within himself where they can fully interact, fully relate, have an actual proper relationship. That was the design of God from the beginning. And then man kicked himself out with sin, right? That was Eden before the fall. So if we were to think of what Eden should be like now, in today's world, Eden will probably be the perfect place that everyone thinks about. Everyone wants to be in Eden. It will be something like that because why the Spirit of God is in that place. You know, God is moving in that territory and all of that. God was, God was there. And he puts man there. And remember that man was already made in the likeness and the image of God. So that means that the spiritual component of man is compatible with a relationship with God. Isn't it? Good. So this means that we should be able to carry out the culture of God on earth. Do you understand that? If man is created in the likeness and image of God, and God went out of his way to put man in a place that ensures that his presence will always be with man, that means wherever man was at the time, the original, right, there are certain realities that are available to man. So Jesus, in teaching his disciples to pray, says in Matthew 6, 9-10, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. In earth. He word. In. It was in, most times people pray this prayer and think it's on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. No, it is in earth as it is. So saying on gives the implication that it's something above the earth. You know, something that is something above the earth. On earth, like, right? But when it says in earth, it means let the will of God be established in our day, in our time, where we are. As it is in heaven. Let our earth reflect the heart of God. Right. So there must be a desire to see the kingdom of God enforced on earth that the culture of our father becomes ours that because of the believers presence in the earth the lordship of God is accurately extended in the earth when Jesus in the scripture says go and make disciples of all men he was saying to his disciples and he's saying to us today take the kingdom culture and flood the earth with it so you have a kingdom, you have a culture. Take it and flood the earth with it. Isn't it? 
we are representatives of God on earth to enforce the kingdom culture. When Jesus came to the earth, he came as God in man. He came with the culture of the kingdom. So he says the kingdom of God is here, isn't it? And so that's why, and, and, and praise God. And that is why when we are partakers of his life, we can also be enforcers of the kingdom culture. Right? Because John 10, 30, I and my father are one. Right? Philippians 2, 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Right? So that is why if a man be in Christ is a new creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Meaning that the man in Christ is now a new creation because his old life has been nailed to the cross and now he carries the life of Christ and can accurately depict the, kingdom, the, 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 culture, the culture of the kingdom because he is in Christ. So outside of Christ, one cannot carry out the cultures of the kingdom of God because in the flesh there is no capacity to do the will of God. Does it make sense? Only the man in Christ, only the man who is aware of his place in Christ can actually carry and enforce the kingdom culture on earth. Outside of Christ, one cannot carry out the culture of the kingdom because the flesh cannot carry out the desires of God. And so now, since the kingdom carries a belief system, and there is a way of thinking for the believer, right? We now come down to Romans 12, 2, when it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So even though he is a new creation, his mind would be consciously renewed by the exercising of spirit unto godliness. Are we getting somewhere? So we started out talking about the kingdom culture or the culture of the kingdom, right? And then we established that it was God's desire that man and him are in a place where they can seamlessly interact. And so the earth, because of the man in Christ on the earth, can reflect the realities of heaven, right? However, many come into the earth with the cultures of wherever it is that they were before becoming saved. There is a need to talk about kingdom culture and enforce teachings like this because the times we are are serious times when even believers are strained. People are forgetting who they are. People are beginning to get conformed to this world. We have people who are talk, talk, tongue-talking Christians, speaking in tongue Christians, boastful Christians, social media Christians, Christian influencers, Christian this and Christian that. Everybody has God first, Jesus baby, on their social media handles. However, 
when you come to the everyday working of life, you will realize that many people have lost touch with the culture of the kingdom that they come from. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewed of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Then Jesus said, this is how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the, trans, the, the man or the woman in Christ who has not gone through a transformation of the mind might not be able to accurately prove what is that good and perfect will of God. Do you understand that? So even though he's a new creation, his mind would consciously need renewal. How? By exercising his spirit unto godliness. Many accept Jesus as savior and become professing Christians. But do not come under his rulership as king. And consequently, do not accurately depict the culture of the kingdom in their day. Everybody has an idea of what they think Christianity should be about. Some people will tell you, oh, it's a personal thing. It's between me and God. Some people will tell you all kinds of things. Regardless what you tell me, you are from a kingdom. If you call yourself a Christian, you're from a place. And the place is not your local government area in the flesh. No. You are from a place, a kingdom that is superior to the earth. And if you are going to accurately work as you were designed from the beginning in the likeness and in the image of your father, you must be in constant touch with your kingdom and the culture. And not just that, in your day you must be willing to flood your environment with it. Many accept Jesus as savior and end it there. He saved them. Now they, they have the badge of Christianity on them. But they have not yet come under his rulership. And so they make decisions by themselves. They live by themselves. They act like people that... If, if you ask them about culture, the only culture they know about is the one from their village. And they are very rigid about it. Somebody say, I have a culture and it's not from my village. I have a culture and it is not from my village. I carry the kingdom culture in my day. Be renewed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. There is a place you come from. There is a kingdom you come from. And there is a need for you to actively contend a renewal of your mind so that you begin to see things accurately you begin to see why 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 do you need a renewal of your mind so that you can prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of god if your mind is not renewed you will make a lot of errors even in the faith there is a way of doing things where i come from there is a way of doing things where i come from There is a way of doing things where I come from. Praise God. 
There's a way of doing things right up front. So how is the believer empowered to live the kingdom culture in their daily life? How is the believer empowered, right? So now we have seen the kingdom culture. Oh, we have to live the kingdom culture. How is the believer empowered? Very simple answer I have for you. As I prepare to wrap up, very simple answer. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When you read the book of John 14, 16, it says, For the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So whatever Jesus has said unto his disciples now, and whatever Jesus has said unto us today, as long as you have the Holy Spirit in you, he is your inward enforcer. Do you understand? So, the Holy Spirit inside you keeps you within line. Right? He will bring back all things that, that, that Christ has said. So the Holy Spirit within you is the consciousness of your salvation. Whatever culture Christ had taught his disciples, whatever he had shown them, whatever he had taught them, whatever he had told them, all the essentials they have learned from him, is assuring us that the Holy Spirit within you is going to ensure somehow by his power that you stay in line. But a lot of believers happen to not stay in line, even if you have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's get there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Philippians 2.13 as well says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How does God do that? By his spirit residence in you. So it is the functioning of God's spirit in the believer to produce a Christ-like nature in them. So in and of themselves as believers, we're not able to naturally just carry out kingdom culture. There are many people that can fake it. You can fake it. But the essence of your kingdom culture is not in the, it's not necessarily just in the outward appearance but in the inward working of the Holy Ghost and the transformation that has happened on the inside of the person. Like we said, salvation is a testimony of a transformed life. So yes, people can fake it. But there are many people who claim to be atheists that are nice people. And that is why I have a problem when you limit the essence of your salvation to just things you can do outside. It's, it's easy to be nice mechanically. But you see, the essence of your faith Everything will be hinged on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. However, why then is it that there are believers who tend to live as though they don't understand this, they don't know who the Holy Ghost is? I'll tell you. A few years ago, I was listening to Pastor David, Pastor David Ogenerobo of Newbridge Church. And that day, he gave an analogy. And he said it's like soapy water. And I'm going to share that analogy with you right now. He said it's like soapy water. Water can be soapy. But if you leave it to rest, 
long enough, it might become transparent. Nothing is happening on it. It will just, it will just be still, regardless of the fact that it's soapy water, right? However, when you start to shake it, and you start to shake it, you start to shake it, you start to shake it, the foam begins to rise. And if you shake it long and hard enough, it begins to overflow. It's the same thing with the, with, with the, with the Holy Ghost inside of the believer. You have him in you, but you're not stirring him up. You're not stirring yourself unto righteousness. You are not building yourself on your most holy faith. You are not exercising yourself unto godliness. There is something called exercising oneself unto godliness in the faith. You have him in you. Put it to work. The spirit must be stirred. You must come to a place where you decide that you will come under the influence of the spirit of God. And so this is how you carry the kingdom culture. Very simple. As I begin to wrap up, your kingdom has a culture. It says that you are citizens of heaven. You are ambassadors for Christ. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. The Bible has all these things to say about you. All these descriptions. If you do not understand the culture of your kingdom, you can't accurately carry out these descriptions in your day. Kingdom culture. That the kingdom is your priority at all times. In my last teaching, in my last teaching, I gave uh, uh, the, ex- the experience of believers who find themselves in something like a, a, a rat hole. You know, they come to the earth, you are now, you are now a believer, but you are still acting like a, 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 a mortal. You are still acting like you are one of these who don't know the Lord. You are still acting like you are under the, the, the rulership and authority of the times. You are acting as if your life is subject to what flesh and blood puts in place. It's because of a lack of awareness of who you are. So believers are, are now here on earth. Instead of focusing on the kingdom, ensuring the kingdom, you now get yourself a job. And now you are like, oh, I don't want to lose my job so I can't preach the gospel at my workplace. However, I can't preach the gospel outside my workplace because I'm at work from morning till night. Right? Then on Sunday after church, I'll probably go back to work. <laughs> because there are people who live like that. And then gradually, devotion begins to die down. Gradually, be- devotion begins to die down. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom should be the believer's priority. Seek ye first. When we are being told what to seek, kingdom is one. Number one, according to priority. What are you seeking? Is your priority kingdom? The kingdom should be the believer's priority. So you must be conscious of your identity and your mission on earth. There is something called the sent mentality. That while you are here, you know that you are sent to this world. You are not under the oppression. Of this one, if anything, you are to set the captives free. You must be conscious of your identity. That is how you would effectively deliver. There is no deliverer. There is no deliver. There is no delivery outside of your con- consciousness. 
you cannot deliver what you are not conscious of. So imagine a child who is the I don't know, the child of a king, for example, and he has never been to his palace before or his village, but his father is the king and everybody has seen his pictures. They know his father is the king, right? Then he comes to his village for the first time as the prince of that village and he doesn't know that his father is the king. What do you think he will do? How do you think he will be? You might be able to easily mistake him for, for, for just anybody. You would not know that this, this person has royal blood in them. This person has royal blood in them, but they don't even know. So they can't let you know. So they will always be treated as, you know, regular, regular, regular. And that's, that's the same thing that happens with many believers. The consciousness is not there. The reality is not there. So delivery is not effective. Consciousness breeds effective delivery. Consciousness breeds effective delivery. As ambassadors of Christ, you should carry the same mentality. The word says you are ambassadors for Christ. As ambassadors, you are on a mission. As ambassadors, you are on a mission. You have been sent by your kingdom to represent Christ. You have been sent by your kingdom to represent Christ. You are on a mission, no. You're sleeping, you're waking up. Your daily life, you are on a mission. Seek ye first the kingdom. And that mission is kingdom. Every other thing comes under it. Oh. But in our day, it's the other way around. We have everything at the top of our priority list. And the kingdom is somewhere down. So a believer will probably even be having depression or some, some mental health situation. And it's not caused by the kingdom. In fact, the kingdom is never anywhere in your mind. It's, it's the things... In the, in the physical, the natural man, the kind of things that alter the natural man. The way life for the natural man is from the outside in. The outside dictates the inside and the inside determines the quality of your life. And so many believers fall into this trap. But no. Descent mentality. Kingdom mindset. Praise the living Jesus. So that brings me to the end of my sermon today. Praise God. I am praying that we have learned one or two things. And in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, I pray for whoever listens to this, that you give them in their heart a desire for the things of your kingdom, Lord. That your, 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 your kingdom becomes top priority to them. In the name of Jesus. Father, strengthen them. Strengthen them. Strengthen them. In the name of Jesus. Amen.